Some people prefer the calm before the storm. They prefer silence. It helps them think more clearly. I, however, am not one of these people. I like the storm. I prefer to be surrounded by chaos. That's why I do my best work. That's why the Royal Rumble is my match. Thirty men enter, each man for himself. Bodies flying over the top rope, hitting the floor. Friends turning into enemies. All for the opportunity to win the most coveted prize in the WWE. I will win the Royal Rumble for the third time. And I will main event WrestleMania. What to do everybody, it's your boy Conrad for In The Field with Tay and Rad. Um, I got my buddy with me, his name's Jonathan. We're at church right now and he wants to talk about the Jaguars, man. Uh, Duval, stand up, go ahead and hit the stunt button. Ow. How you doing, Jonathan? I'm doing very well, Conrad. How about yourself? I'm great, I'm great, man. I'm glad that you're on the show with me right now, man. So tell me, what is your prediction for the game? Uh, is it Sunday or? It's Sunday. Game Sunday, man. You're in Foxborough. The team's going to be there, man. That defense is amazing right now. Yes, it is. Yeah, they're going against Tom Terrific, man. So what's what's your thoughts right now, man? We've only had one breakdown, and I believe that was against San Francisco. I mean, unless we have another breakdown, I believe uh, if we can play our best on defense, I, be, I believe we can have we can do very well. And the key here is to get to Tom Brady, um, like uh, all the other teams have, like like the Dolphins and the Chiefs did. And on offense, you got to keep it simple. Like, you got to be able to hit your receivers downfield like Bortles has. And the key is don't turn the ball over. And if, you, and if you're getting pressure, um, if the Patriots are getting pressure on him, to just throw the ball out of bounds. I mean, you don't want to risk a turnover here. Okay, again, you're in the field with Conrad and, or, and Tay. Now, now the question is, and, and, and with, for y'all who don't know who Jonathan is, he, he looks up stats. He can tell you who's going to be the next next uh, recruit, high-level high recruit. This guy, he's on it all the time. You know, this is who I get most of my, my, my info from. So, again, like, now now it's, the, it's, it's a battle with the defensive lines and uh, against that offensive line of, of the Patriots. Now, you're saying that the defensive line for the Jacks can get back there, and, the, and I guess the front seven itself, like, do you think, do you think that that's going to slow Tom down, is going to like, disrupt Tom in some type of way? Well, also the key is to um, cover, um, find a way to cover uh, Rob Gronkowski. Um, well, it, how difficult is that? That That is, I've found that that's very difficult, especially other teams have had a difficult task of doing that. Um, I don't know if Jalen Ramsey could do it. Um, he's been able to cover other receivers. Um, but would you put Boye on him, or what would uh, you do? Would you leave? Would you leave Jalen to to cover Ron Krakowski while Boye takes the care of Cook? 
I, w- I would give Ramsey a shot um, on Gronkowski, and if it doesn't work, I'd switch him over. Uh, now y'all do have Barry Church back there. Um, now you know you, you don't you don't hear much about him, but when he shows up, he shows up. Yes, he does, and he's had a couple of picks in uh, some of the ball games that we've played, and um, he's done very good for us. He's been a, he's been doing a great job, and I'm very proud of him. Okay. Well, look, man, thank you for being on my show, man. I really appreciate it. Hey, uh, he has a station now. Just look up Jonathan. He's going to he's going to give his piece when he can. This is your boy Conrad. I'm in the field with Tay and Conrad. I'm out. Oh, going for the glorious duty. Tay, Jinder Mahal, able to counter. And Bobby Roode trying to outpower Mahal. Mahal nearly had him. Oh, and both men are down. Daniel Bryan clapping on appreciation for these two competitors willing to leave it all on the line. Let's take one more look at this hellacious collision. Both Rude and Jinder with the same idea, desperation, clotheslines, and we're back at even. And the elbow there right to the jaw of Bobby Rude. Both these men fighting off. Oh, oh and a spinebuster. How in the world did Rude pull that off? Divine intervention right now because no human being can deliver a spine buster like that after the beating Bobby's taken. Did Bobby Roode do it? Can he seal this match? Oh, no. Wait a minute. Oh, Jinder! 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 Check out! Oh, and Mahal right back to the Oh, Colossus is coming. Be it. Getting put away Bobby Roode here. No, no. Wait a minute, Roode! Glorious DDT! He did it! Cover! Bobby Roode! United States Champion! Here is your winner and the new United States Champion, the glorious Bobby Roode! What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Damo. Your WWE correspondent for Trackstar Sports coming at you once again with the Outsider's Edge, bringing you the latest and greatest in the WWE, the great, wonderful world of world wrestling entertainment. So that uh, you've heard uh, two clips uh, so far. That first clip uh, is uh, Randy Orton's promo for the Royal Rumble because uh, in two weeks. The road to WrestleMania will start at the Royal Rumble. Randy Orton is going to be a participant. Definitely uh, one of the guys favored to possibly win. This would be his third Royal Rumble. Then secondly, the uh, other clip you just heard was from uh, SmackDown Live on Tuesday night. Uh, As uh, most of you know. Dolph Ziggler uh, at Clash of Champions won the United States title. Then two nights later at SmackDown Live, he vacated the United States title. So uh, General Manager uh, Daniel Bryan initiated a a, uh, tournament for the title, which uh, the tournament was supposed to end next week with a match between 
uh, Bobby Roode and Jinder Mahal, both of them winning their semifinal matches to get to the finals match for the United for the United States title. Uh, but instead, uh, Daniel Bryant made an executive decision to have that match last night. So Jinder Mahal and Bobby Roode both wrestled twice uh, last night. They both wrestled their semifinal matches to qualify for the finals and then the, the final match for the title in which Bobby Roode beats Jinder Mahal to become the United States champion. So congratulations to Bobby Roode. Shout out to him. Jinder <clears throat> um, Mahal defeated uh, Xavier Woods to face Bobby Roode and then Bobby Roode uh, uh, defeated Mojo Raleigh. Uh, to end up facing Jinder Mahal and I have to say as a sidebar I'm kind of having some favor for Mojo Raleigh because I did not know he was from the DMV I, he's not really a wrestler I pay much attention to but um and Bobby Roode has, has been a guy that's really been growing on me lately so thanks to Bobby Roode I paid attention to Mojo Raleigh <clears> or <throat> Mojo Raleigh, rather not Riley, but um, I noticed that his ring attire, the colors caught my attention, cause I was like, I see black and gold, but then I also see red and white, which are all the colors in the Maryland state flag, my home state. So then I noticed that uh, the uh, forearm sleeve he was wearing was the uh, Maryland state flag. So I was like, oh, I get the color scheme now. The shorts have the black and yellow. And it looks like uh, it's not a stripe, but it looks like he has like the Maryland State flag designed down the side of his shorts. But then, like I said, I noticed the forearm sleeve is the Maryland State flag. I was like, oh, he's from this area. And uh, when I Googled him, he's actually from Virginia. So either way, he's wearing a Maryland State flag. I was like, oh. But I still kind of don't want you to win because I like Bobby Roode better than I like you. <laughs> but um, and I've said this before, Bobby Roode to me is like uh, somewhat of a take of uh, Ravishing Rick Roode. Just some of the, uh, the apparel and the persona just reminds me of Ravishing Rick Roode with the, the big majestic robes and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, congrats to Bobby Roode, our new United States heavyweight champion <clears throat> on Smackdown Live. So, this is your first segment of The Outsider's Edge with your boy Damo. Stay tuned. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Damo once again with The Outsider's Edge. Here on Trackstar Sports on Anchor.fm. So, <clears throat> uh, the next topic I want to discuss uh, real quick is the uh, uh, the mixed match challenge um, on Facebook Watch. Um, if you don't know, um, and basically, I think this is just another way for the WWE to um, take it up a notch and engage the fans on another level. Um, they're doing a mixed 
a mixed tag match tournament um, over the next uh, several weeks and the winner of the mixed tag match will uh, have um, I forgot the amount of money but there'll be an amount of money donated to whatever uh, charity of that team's choice so each team has a charity whoever wins gets the money donated to their charity um, and it's a uh, uh, co-ed um, is that money using the term right <laughs> I don't know uh, <laughs> uh, you know it's, um, the teams are male and female so uh there's been a uh, number of superstars uh, that have been selected and have been teamed up to face off against each other in these mixed matches. Um, so we have the first round of matches uh, on Facebook Watch uh, Tuesday night. So this happens after uh, after SmackDown. So it's not on the WWE Network. It's not on USA. Uh, you have to go on Facebook. They have a... Uh, they have a uh, mixed match challenge Facebook page for the WWE. Um, if you look that up, um, you'll find it very easily on uh, Facebook if you uh, search for it. Um, and they'll broadcast the matches live there. And then, of course, you can always go back and watch it after the fact. That's what I did. I didn't watch it live. Um, I went back and watched it later. Um, but the first round of matches... Um, well, the first match uh, in this tournament was uh, the team of Sasha Banks and Finn Balor versus Natalia and Shinsuke Nakamura. Sasha Banks and Finn Balor went on to beat Natalia and Shinsuke. Uh, the next match will be uh, Big E and Carmella versus The Miz. And Oscar, I'm really excited to see that one because I've quickly become a, an Oscar fan. I was not familiar with her before she came to Monday Night Raw, and since she's been there, she's been wrecking shop. I love Oscar, big Oscar fan, so I'm looking forward to that match. Um, I have another topic on her uh, coming up, but um, so yeah, if you if you haven't heard or not familiar with, make sure you tune in. Um, uh, it's not a long broadcast. It's literally one match. Um, so the, uh, I think the first broadcast was just a little over 20 minutes. And that's with all the, you know, the usual hoopla in a segment of a match. You know, you got your introductions. And being that these are all solo wrestlers, everybody has their own intro music. So everybody's got to come in and do their intro. Yada, yada, yada. All that hoopla. And then the match itself is literally like about 10 minutes. <laughs> so, um, and then they do a lot of extra just celebratory stuff after the match is over. So literally about 10 minutes, but make sure you tune in. Um, they're going to be doing these every Tuesday at 10 o'clock Eastern time on Facebook watch. So just go on Facebook again, look for the WWE Mixed match challenge, Facebook page, and you'll be able to see the videos, uh, live there or go back and watch. Uh, watch them later on demand so make sure you tune in for that this is your boy demo with the outsider's edge trackstar sports stay tuned all right so we're back again with the outsider's edge this is your boy demo 
and Track Star Sports. So, um, the last segment um, brought up the uh, Mixed Match Challenge um, that they're doing on Facebook Watch. Uh, the upcoming match, the first match was uh, Sasha Banks and Finn Balor versus Natalia and Shinsuke Nakamura. Sasha Banks and Finn Balor will win that match. Next week's match will be Big E and Carmella versus The Miz and Asuka. Um, <clears throat> and that leads me into uh, my next topic, which is the Monday Night Raw match between uh, Nia Jax and Asuka. And like I said, I'm a big Asuka fan. I love watching her wrestle. I mean, she's lethal. She's one of the most lethal strikers in the ring, period. Um, and to see her go against Nia Jax, uh, who I'm also a big fan of Nia Jax. Um, she's just, I mean, she's just a monster. She just dominates. Um, but to see how the smaller, quicker Asuka would handle herself against the bigger, stronger Nia Jax was just really interesting to me. And um, I felt like Asuka did what you're supposed to do. Hey, I'm not going to try to battle uh, strength with you. I'm going to use my speed and my quickness and my striking ability to try to catch you off guard and take you down. And a few times Nia Jax caught her and was able to, you know, do a pretty uh, powerful move on her. But Oscar kept coming back and she really uh, outsmarted her because she's a, um, she's a submission specialist. Um, let's not forget that. <laughs> so she was coming with, uh, you know, knee locks and arm locks and just out the wazoo because that's her specialty. She, the only thing that was hurting her was is that Nia Jax is so much bigger and it was harder for her to try to maneuver her to get her into these submission holds. But it was like when, the few times she got her, once she got her, she had it locked in real good. It's like she's used to wrestlers her size you know I'm, I don't know what her her stats are as far as measurements or, or you know like but looking at it, I think Nia Jax is probably like about 5'8", 5'9", so Asuka is probably like about 5'5", 5'3", or 5'5", or something like that I'm just guessing but um yeah it's like she Oscar's used to somebody like Alexa Bliss, where if she hops on her back and grabs her arm and flips her over, she's gonna flip. Nia Jax is not gonna flip, <laughs> and um, yeah, so she basically ended up outsmarting her. Uh, Nia, it looked like Nia Jax had her, um, and I don't know what Nia Jax had in mind when she grabbed her outside the ring and she started climbing up the uh, steel steps. But I was like, whatever it is, it's going to be lethal. And Oscar outsmarted her. And uh, she kicked her in the back of her left leg, uh, swept her feet from under her, and Naya landed on the steel steps, uh, hitting her knee on the steps and on the side of the ring, hurting her knee. Then she falls off the steps, and that further hurting her knee. She couldn't continue. The match ended 
because uh, she got injured and couldn't continue. But I've seen on Instagram since then that she's back in the gym trying to get ready for the Royal Rumble. So she's not out of commission. She just couldn't continue in the match. So uh, by default, Oscar won the match. I really would like to see the two of them go at it again and uh, see who, who comes out on top. Can Would, would have Nia Jax not gotten injured? Would she have ended Oscar's undefeated streak? That's interesting. I really would have loved to see that. So I hope they have a rematch for those two uh, in the makers down the road somewhere. So this is your boy Damo with the Outsider's Edge. Stay tuned. And we're back again with the Outsider's Edge. This is your boy Damo from Trackstar Sports here on Anchor. And um, just want to hit uh, two topics real quick. Um, uh, first, uh, being uh, going back to Monday Night Raw, the uh, main event for Monday Night Raw, which was uh, Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins. Um, I know they've got the storyline going where Finn Balor is back with the Balor Club again uh, uh, with Anderson and Gallows and they've got that thing going um, I can see that they're probably going to line up a uh, I don't know I mean it depends on how long they want to stretch the storyline out um, maybe a battle against the Shield but not the Shield with Jason Jordan replacing Dean Ambrose. Like, I just don't want to see that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if uh, Dean Ambrose can come back, I don't know, maybe the Balor Club against the Shield is something that could be down the line. Because I see that they're kind of bringing back the fact that um, Finn Balor is historically the first ever WWE Universal Champion, and the only reason he didn't have didn't keep the title is because he got injured the night that he won it. So to bring back that match again to see him against Seth Rollins uh, was really good, really awesome match. Um, I really, in my honest opinion, I thought Finn Balor was going to win that match um, if it hadn't been for the help of Jason Jordan. Um. Yeah, I don't think Seth would have won that match. I think Finn. I think Finn had kind of has his number, and um, so I and and I didn't really see the whole point. Well, I mean, I see it, but I don't see it. Like I see that he had the club with him when he came down to the ring. I didn't really think that was necessary, but um, but it's like I can see, could see what they were trying to do there. It just kind of played into the whole story of the night. Um, <clears throat> But yeah, I can see that that I can see that being a possible rivalry going on now. Seth uh, won the match with the curb stomp, which they made it seem like <laughs> like Finn was hurt pretty bad because uh, he couldn't get up on his own when the match was over. But obviously he's okay because he wrestled the next night in the mix in the mixed tag match with Sasha Banks. And he looked perfectly fine. So, but we'll see where that storyline goes over the coming weeks. Then also, um, um, and I did a drop for this uh, uh, the other day. Uh, my man, Bill Goldberg, uh, has been announced this week. He will be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame at WrestleMania 34. 
Um, excited about that. Um, shout out to Bill Goldberg. He's, um, like I said the other day, as a kid, my favorite wrestler was definitely Hulk Hogan. I would say as an adult or going into adulthood, my favorite wrestler was Bill Goldberg. Um, he was just a phenom in the ring. Even coming back at the age of 50, I mean, he looked better than some 20-year-olds I know <laughs> at, at the age of 50. So shout out to Bill Goldberg. He's being inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame uh, this year at WrestleMania. So excited about that. This is your boy Damo with the Outsider's Edge. Stay tuned. I want to tell you all a short story. A short story with a happy ending. You see, a beast and a machine met a monster at the Royal Rumble. And the last one standing was the monster among men. And he became the new Universal Champion. It could have been a lot worse. Listen, Braun, you create an unsafe working environment. I'm in charge of every WWE superstar and every backstage employee. What if they get caught in the crossfire? I look at it this way. You do your job. I did mine last week. But that's the point, that's the point. You didn't do your job. This is Monday Night Raw. We settle things in the ring. Not backstage with some grappling hook. That's the thing you don't get, Kurt. I do what I want, when I want, and how I want. If I want to walk into Suplex City and rip the walls down, that's what I'll do. If I want to kick the door into hell, 
that's what I'll do. And at the Royal Rumble, if I want to be Universal Champion, I will. You're just lucky that Brock and Kane are still able to compete in the championship match. But unfortunately, it's not going to be a triple threat match anymore. As a matter of fact, you're not going to compete at all. Braun Strowman. You're fired. back again with the outsider's edge here on anchor fm for track star sports this is your boy demo that clip was from monday night raw the monster among men went ballistic because <laughs> uh you know uh last week on monday night raw uh, uh brock lesnar came out to do his promo for the universal title match Kane uh, comes out and uh, Brock Lesnar and Kane get into it. That fight goes backstage. When they get backstage, Braun Strowman uh, gets involved and basically decimates the both of them. And then Braun Strowman does one of the craziest things I've ever seen. He goes into one of the uh, cases of equipment and finds a grappling hook. <laughs> he he hooks the grappling hook uh, to one of the scaffolds backstage and pulls it down on Kane and Brock Lesnar, um, which in turn leads to this confrontation with Kurt Angle this past Monday, and Kurt Angle fires him. Then. Um, later on that night because Braun Strowman goes on a rampage and goes backstage and starts just beating up everybody and wrecking everything backstage then that leads to this right here stop listen to me I call off the cops Stephanie McMahon just called and she has rehired you so you're not fired okay you're not fired you're still in the championship match just let Michael Cole go. Yeah, so <laughs> that basically happens, <laughs> which is crazy. I was like, they're not really going to fire Braun Strowman. I did that when he fired him. Like, he's not really fired. <laughs> like, it's Braun Strowman. It's the monster of young men. He's got a t-shirt. You're not firing him. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, but Braun Strowman basically, I mean, he literally went on a rampage. And he was beating up any and everybody in his path. Security tried to walk him out. He ended up beating up security. There was only one guy on the security team who was even close to as big as him. And he was the first one he went after. <laughs> so, <laughs> Braun Strowman takes out the whole security team. They're supposed to be escorting him out. And, um, 
Yeah, basically, uh, he goes to the office space that Kurt Angle is occupying. Fortunate for Kurt Angle, he wasn't back there. He wrecked all of Kurt Angle's furniture uh, in the room. It could have been Kurt Angle, but it wasn't. Um, he goes into the cafeteria area, beats up all the superstars back there. I mean, he just went all over the arena, just beating up everybody until this moment where he uh, grabbed Michael Cole, in which Michael Cole ended up not being able to commentate the rest of the night and throws him on the uh, the team of security with Kurt Angle. So, I don't know about you. I'm excited about this triple threat match. I, I can't wait until the Royal Rumble to see this match. <clears throat> I mean, it's just <laughs> the build-up for it is just off the chain. Um, I'm eager to see what type of shape Kane and Brock Lesnar are going to be in when they come back. I mean, they're like you said, the match is still on. I mean, it was going to be a one-on-one match until he got rehired. So I don't know. Uh, let's see what happens. Let's hear from you. You guys call in, call in on any of the topics uh, that we brought up on tonight. This is your boy Damo with the Outsiders Edge. Stay tuned. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Damo. We are back again with the Outsiders Edge. Your WWE correspondent for Trackstar Sports here on Anchor.fm. Um, uh, this is last but definitely not least. This is not uh, WWE related at all. Um, <clears throat> um, usually when we have a holiday, I would like to start off acknowledging the holiday, but I wanted to do this last because uh, I wanted to do this just a little different. Um, on Monday, we celebrated uh, the life of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Um, I believe this would have been his 89th birthday um, if he was still alive. So to everyone, I want to say happy MLK Day. Um, a lot of the, the liberties and the freedoms that we live in now are because of the work and labor of this man while he was alive and those who were with him his family, his friends, his counterparts whomever who assisted him uh, in the civil rights movement Um, this was not just the mere effort of a man Um, this was a this was a man of God, this was a man led by the spirit of God Uh, the civil rights movement was not just a man coming up with a good idea. It was something that was breathed and inspired by God. And this man being filled with the Holy Spirit was moved by God to start this movement that would flip the world upside down. And I just want to say that to to Dr. King, to his family, um, to everyone who was associated with him, with him that helped him. I'm most grateful for the work of this man. I'm I'm grateful that he was open and obedient to the spirit of Christ uh, to allow him to use him even unto death. And like Christ, his death would be life to so many others that would come after him. Um, and I truly thank God uh, for the work of Dr. King and um, if you ever get a chance, if you haven't, definitely go back and listen to some of his sermons and his speeches. He spoke timeless truths 
um, you can listen to them now, especially with a lot of the turmoil that, that's been going on in this nation over the last few years. Uh, uh, just a lot of racial tension. His words ring true. It sounds like he's talking about 2018 and not the 60s. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely go back and, and listen to his words. They're powerful. It's timeless truth. So I just wanted to end this broadcast with um, with some words from Dr. King. So um, in light fashion, before I do that, if you don't already follow us on social media um, at Trackstar Sports um, on Facebook, Trackstar Sports, uh, Trackstar underscore sports on Instagram uh, at Trackstar Sports on Twitter. Uh, at Debate Fuel on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, we're talking all things sports, WWE, NFL, NBA, MLB, whatever. We're talking all things sports. But um, also, uh, just keep in mind that it's not all just about sports. Um, it's also about touching people with the love of Christ. And I believe that that was something that definitely rings true when you hear the words of dr king this is your boy demo for track star sports i'm out this is the most important and crucial period of your lives for what you do now and what you decide now at this age may well determine which way your life shall go and the question is whether you have a proper a solid and a sound blueprint. And I want to suggest some of the things that should be in your life's blueprint. Number one in your life's blueprint should be a deep belief in your own dignity, your own worth, and your own somebodyness. Don't allow anybody to make you feel that you are nobody. Always feel that you count always feel that you have worth and always feel that your life has ultimate significance. Secondly, in your life's blueprint, you must have as a basic principle the determination to achieve excellence in your various fields of endeavor. You're going to be deciding as the days and the years unfold what you will do in life, what your life's work will be. Once you discover what it will be, set out to do it, and to do it well. Be a bush if you can't be a tree. If you can't be a highway, just be a trail. If you can't be the sun, be a star. Or is it by size that you win or you fail? Be the best of whatever you are. Finally, in your life's blueprint, must be a commitment to the eternal principles of beauty, love, and justice. Well, life for none of us has been a crystal star. We must keep moving. We must keep going. If you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But by all means, keep moving. Okay, guys, 
I've heard everything that was going on about this Brent Strowman being fired. And all this is going to be a considered thing to get the guy back in there to WWE. We're going to have to do something to fight for this, and we're going to do it well in hand. And we'll have to do something right about it and do it well. So therefore, we will make something harsh about this and fast. To get Brian Strowman back, we're going to get after Kurt Angle and put him right. And make sure he gets him back and reinstate the man. And we'll have to do this right thing. You give me a call back, this is a shout-out to you guys. Okay, bye-bye. Hey, man, great podcast, man. This is the coach Chris Ortiz over at uh, Just the Three of Us podcast series. Uh, here's my take on the Houston-LA Clippers deal. What if this uh, backroom conversation that the uh, Clippers and Rockets were trying to have after their game was really not uh, heated? What if it's Chris Paul, man, just trying to spit some game at uh, DeAndre Jordan and uh, bring him over here back to Texas. Uh, you, bring, you bring DeAndre Jordan back to Texas, man, and uh, I think it's game over. Uh, you got yourself a primary rim defender, uh, someone that's going to score 20 points without even having a single play drawn up for the man. Uh, he he is a Texan. Um, then you put Clint Capella in that backup role. It's like, good Lord, between the both of them, you can average about 15 to 20 points apiece with 10 to 15 rebounds apiece. It would be a... Match made in heaven. This is the coach, Chris Ortiz, at Just the Three of Us Podcast, signing off. What's good, everybody? It's your man, The Voice. Hey, what's good, everybody? This is your boy, Conrad. You in the field tonight with The Voice. Oh, we in the man? field, Trackstar Sports. <laughs> with the whole Trackstar Sports network, the Trackstars universe, and yeah, and then all of that, all of that. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure, man. Good. It's a good day, man. It's a good day, man. Um, uh, so much is happening this weekend, and my friend here, Voice, has a lot of knowledge uh, on this uh, particular subject, man. Uh, uh, UFC 220 is about to happen, man. Yes, Give sir. Shout, man. Yeah, man. I wish we had the hand clap button. Uh, well... <laughs> If you're listening now via Anchor, go ahead and, and just start showering the station with some hand claps for UFC 220 live at TV Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Oh man, big night, big night. Yeah. Uh, one of my one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite fighters. Uh, he, he's fighting um, Daniel Cormier. Um, I am so excited, man, because like I haven't seen him fight in like in probably like since last year, sometime. Yeah, that was the last time he fought. Last time he fought, uh, he fought John Jones at UFC 214. That mm-hmm. was in September because it was after the Maymac fight. It was the first pay per view that the UFC put on in about two months, and. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was a very good night for them, uh, with the exception of the fact that the person who won uh, is the biggest loser. It was a very good night for the UFC. Would have you know, been better if uh, he wasn't the biggest loser. This is true. This is true. It, you know, in my mind, uh, I was just thinking the whole entire time, like, you know, this kind of, this kind of solidifies how great you are as an athlete, and then when you turn around 
you get caught doping again, you know, that's just that's a big deal, man. That is a yeah. big deal, man. Yeah, and, and I think you said the operative word here, caught. We don't know what he was doing beforehand. And generally, people don't just start cheating. Um, you know, it's it's something that's been going on for a while. He obviously, uh, by his own accounts, is a wild boy. I'm, I'm using boy, not what he said, but um, he, he's a wild man. And, you know, it's not the first test that he popped positive for. Um, you know, pop positive for street drugs, pop positive for performance enhancers before. And for you to have two positive tests in a row, I'm sorry, that just does not look good. Now, granted, is the man still a phenomenal athlete? Absolutely. Just like my favorite fighter, Anderson Silva, but just like the supposed supplements that they've been taking, their legacy is now tainted. Yeah. And you know what? It's you know, it's so hard, man. It's so hard because you want to stay on top of your game and you have trainers in there and they telling you like, hey, take this because it's gonna help you recuperate a little bit faster. It's uh it's supported, yeah. by, the- <laughs> it's, it's, it's supported by the FDA. And you know, he's like, okay, cool, this is this is awesome, man. You know, I'm going to be all right. I'm not going to worry. I don't have nothing to worry about. And it, you know, it comes back and backfires and it hits you, you know, it bites you in the behind. And now you're sitting there, your your legacy is tarnished and everything. But keep in mind, John Jones, he was doing a lot of other stuff. Right. That's what I see. What, he, what, he, oh. He's pop positive for street drugs. Uh, drug paraphernalia has been found in vehicles that he's been driving. Um, he has been arrested for or I should say cited for DWIs like I said by his own admission he's a wild man but you know what that's not who we're here to talk about we're here to talk about the man who does things the right way and his name is Daniel D.C. Cormier man and you know what it's hard for me to say his name so hard you know I, I call him Cormier Cormier Camille, but Cormier, man, this man, you know what? I I, I followed him. <laughs> I'm sorry, hold on. You know that um, it's hard for me to to keep things on the straight and narrow. Um, and I, I just thought of a way for you to remember how to say his name, uh, and it how really fits him uh, because his name is Cormier. And he's corny, eh? <laughs> so yeah, you just just think of corny, a eh? And and there you go. My man's is corny. My man's is corny. <laughs> well, so so um, I I want to know, man. Okay, we got we got two top fights. Um, we got two uh two premier fights, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, two champion. I'm sorry, championship fights. Yeah. Yeah, man, and I'm I'm talking about like pound for pound, just top fighters, man. I'm sitting here seeing it on TV. Uh, Fox Sports is talking about it right now. I mean, it's it's I mean it's gonna it's gonna be a battle come Saturday night, man. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Is it going to be exciting? Yes. Is it going to be a battle? That remains to be seen. 
uh, Vulcan No Time Ozdemir has I mean no one comes out of nowhere I mean the man did have a, three victories in, three not, in one night all of them in under a minute in Denmark but Denmark is not necessarily the hotbed for MMA either and he mm-hmm. was doing those things at heavyweight and he's fighting light heavyweight now um, you know but to be able to knock out heavyweights means you got some punching power and he has finished I believe all of the fights that he's had in the UFC with the exception of the one that he lost which was to Ovin St. Preux which that in and of itself says a lot now granted it was a short notice fight it was his first fight in the UFC but you did lose to Ovin St. Preux now he has won all the rest of his fights he's had like three or four within a 12 month period so he's been very very active been knocking people out including my man uh jimmy manawa oh my jimmy that's right now i just stand up you know i I, um i am unashamedly nigerian and unashamedly um uh biased towards my fighters although i must say I've got to give some bias to Ozdemir as well. This is kind of sort of my fifth time great grandfather uh, who I share a name with. Mm -hmm. He was the first person from that line of my family to immigrate to the United States. And he immigrated here from uh, Switzerland, which is where Volkan Ozdemir is from. However, He's Scandinavian, so he just kind of happened to come here through Switzerland, but our lineage goes back to Scandinavia, not Switzerland, so I, I don't quite uh, I don't quite call I, I don't claim uh, Vulcan like that I don't claim yeah. it like that, but he sure knocked out my boy, he knocked out <laughs> Manawa bad, and Manawa was supposed to be fighting for the championship had he won the fight against Ozdemir that's the reason why Ozdemir is getting ready to fight for the belt but mm-hmm. yeah i mean um i mean he, he's fighting for the belt because there's no one else there the only other person who would be worthy of a title fight right now is um what's my man's name now he's a scandinavian and he's from the country that i claim i don't even know where in scandinavia my people come from but i claim sweden because i like the flag uh, <laughs> and <laughs> Um, oh my goodness, I can see his face. He's fought uh DC before, as a matter of fact, outside of John Jones. He oh Gustafson, Gustafson, Alexander Gustafson. Yeah, that's the only other person in the division that could plausibly fight for the belt. Mm-hmm. I can't even name anybody else outside of uh of some of the people that I've already named, and they've both lost too. Ozdemir, so he he's getting this title shot by default. Now Ozdemir, he's uh he's he's number two. He's the number two contender, right? I don't know what number he is. I and God on his truth, I don't pay much attention to what? the numbers because they really uh, don't matter. I, I, outside of this, I would say anyone between one and five is about on the same level. Same thing with six to ten, and then. 11 to 15 that they're probably all to me 
just kind of lumped in together until you get past that multiple of five it, it really doesn't matter i would think actually that well you, you said osamir is number two he very well may be uh, mm -hmm. i'm sure gustafson is number one because jones is not in the picture uh yeah yeah number one um well i got a uh, i got i got i got his i got his stats right now okay. we're looking at we're looking at a he's 15 and one um so he his his records his records really decent yeah um, he is uh and he lost and his one loss is in the ufc to the journeyman uh uh oh father i just said his name over in st prue yeah. yeah so uh take take that for what it's worth but go ahead but we, i mean well this, this is what we're looking at right now um he has a he, he has a seventy three percent knockout TKO and knockout rating right now. As to you know uh, DC DC forty two percent right now. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at these two right now, and I you know I've seen DC fight mm -hmm. and I've seen him knock some dudes out, but you know I didn't know he was at the four like he was a forty two percent, and it's just KO to TKO, you know. Right. Yeah, um, DC really doesn't knock people out. He knocks some guys. Mm -hmm. Then he will he'll choke him out. He probably has more submission finishes than than anything. Yeah. Uh, you know he he's never really been a big, which is why his, his record shows that he's never really been a big big time puncher. Mm -hmm. Even as a heavyweight, I I think maybe a couple of those knockouts came at heavyweight, and it was probably more so due to the level of competition. Mm -hmm to his punching power well we got we got him right now um now their reach their reach are, are, are kind of similar as far as leg and uh as far as leg and arm with uh, mm -hmm. Cor uh cormier uh corny <laughs> corny guy here I guess. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh he's a 72 he's 72 inch and then you got you got a ozaramir i i i'm so hard with these names uh, yeah, and and you know what, uh, Ozdemir that yeah. that one took some time. Volcon is what everybody calls when you just think of Voltron, Voltron, Volcon. Volcon. Well, Volcon seventy five inch reach. And I don't know how much that's going to play into it because I know that uh, DC likes to come up into the body. Mm -hmm. I know DC more so a, a come in type of guy. Um, yeah. We root for him here, uh, here in Florida. There's a lot. He has a, he has a great following here in Florida. Um, I, you know, honestly, I think that you know, I think this is going to be uh, this is going to be this is going to be big for him if he if he goes out and he defends his uh, his title and he comes out on top with the with the title. I think it's going to be a big it's going to be a big look for him, and you know, maybe he can retire on top. You know. Who knows? Yeah I, I, yeah, I mean, I believe that he probably will retire on top. Here's the thing with this fight. He has admittedly said that Ozdemir is the junior varsity for the camp that he represents, which is Black Zillions. And, and they're, they're not the Black Zillions per se anymore, but they're the Black Zillions. They moved to a different place, but it's all the same names, all the same players, all the same people. Ozdemir came into the UFC and came into the United States as 
a sparring partner for Anthony Rumble Johnson, mm-hmm. who DC beat soundly two times. So, what is he going to do with the sparring partner of their their greatest hope as far as light heavyweight is concerned in Rumble Johnson? Well, I mean, really, he he's got more to lose than he does to gain in this fight. I mean, does he become the undisputed champion again? Eh, there's still some dispute because Jones is still alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he'll fight again, who knows the uh, the minimum suspension that he's supposed to get is four years. Mm. Uh, now, will he get it? We don't know. Um, should he get it? Yes, absolutely. I think he should get all four of the years. But anyway, that's just me because uh, I don't like cheats. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, really, he has Cormier has all to lose and not much to gain in this uh he'll fight this fight then when gustafson gets healthy if he wins this fight mm-hmm. he'll fight him and then he'll probably retire he's pushing 40 now he has been competing at high levels for the majority of his life for all of his adult life and then you know uh, junior high high school and and you know and all of that He's got a lot of miles on him, and I really don't see him fighting too much longer. Well, I want to talk about the. Uh, also, want to talk about this heavyweight main card. Um, oh yeah, that's the one that everybody everybody's like excited for. Man, uh, you got Francis and uh, what is it, Stripe? Inganu, Inganu, Inganu. Yeah, I don't know, I, and I haven't heard him say it. Uh, but it, it's somewhere in there. Uh, in in Ghana mm-hmm. is the is what I hear more often than not. Yeah, man. Uh, coming in with eleven and one record. Um, to the to strike. He's uh he's uh, representing the United States. He's coming in with a seventeen and two record. Um, yeah, Stepe Stepe Miocic. Yeah, he's uh, oh, Stepe. That's his name. Yeah, Stepe. Okay. Stipe. His whole name is kind of if you don't know how to say it. It's, it's like my um, my given name. If you don't know how to say it, just looking at it, you never pronounce it correctly. I just say Olu. Olu. <laughs> we already know. We already know. Yeah, man. Um, but these two guys, man, they match up very well. Um, I I I feel like this is going to be one of those uh, one of those uh, round or two round matches. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm looking at the I'm looking at the knockout percentages and uh, uh, CPA. If I'm saying it right, with CPA, he, he he edges them out by he edges them out or uh, edges uh, Francis out uh, 76 to uh, 64 percent mm. in the total knockout area. Um, I'm I'm looking at these two man, and yeah, it looks like a scary. This looks like going to be a scary fight, man. These guys easily can walk, walk around at. They easily walk around at like two eighty a piece. Yeah, I'm sure uh, that they're they're in that area. However, I know that for uh, Francis, he's got to be. I, I would say he's probably a little bit closer to the two sixty five because he's eating steaks and all kind of good stuff 
for dinner, so he doesn't have much weight that he's cutting at all. I'm recording. Uh, shout out! Shout out to being a parent. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, did you hear that? Yeah. Oh, my bad. I hit mute, but I guess it didn't work. <laughs> shout out! Shout out to being a parent, everybody. It, it ain't easy being being a parent. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's not. Um, but yeah, he um, uh, you know, like I said, he's eating steaks and all kinds of stuff. Like, man, that that must be be good living. But yeah, uh, his, his name is definitely. Fitting his nickname, uh, Francis. He's the predator. Now, he, here's the thing that's even crazier. He just started cutting his hair into these boxes, and shout out to whoever his barber is. They hooked the man up. He got uh, uh, blonde and red, uh, <laughs> lightning bolts in his head. I mean, it's dope. It's dope. Make me wish I had hair. Um, he had the he had the he had the braids going for a while. Right, that's what I wanted to say. When he had the braids, he kind of looked like for real. <laughs> 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 he he kind of looked like the predator. All you had to do was put the mask on his face. He had, had the the hair stuff coming out. Yeah, man. Going to invisible and, and snatching people's spines out. Oh man, he was. Oh man, that guy. <laughs> man, so like. Uh, who who do you like in uh who you like in these two matches, man? Man, it is always difficult to call a heavyweight fight because you're dealing with heavyweights, and when you're at that level, everybody is one punch away from winning and or losing. Now, they've both been on a roll, both Stipe and Francis. Francis is getting a lot of push from the UFC and I'm so glad to see it. I said this on a recent edition of the MMA main card. Uh, Shameless Blood comes out every Friday morning so tune back in uh, whether it be through uh, iTunes, Google Play, Anchor, uh, you name it. Check it out. Anyway, as I said in one recently, I'm so glad that they are pushing him and giving him a lot of pub. I mean, he's signed with Body Armor, which is Kobe Bryant's uh, sports drink brand. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's been in uh, in a bunch of, of commercials for them recently. That, I know they had a UFC commercial, and uh, he's in it with somebody else that they're kind of getting behind right now. And I'm just glad to see it because when it comes to to promoting fighters of color specifically fighters of African descent mm -hmm. the UFC has not done the best job you know no, with that I, I'll they have not and I that's a, that's a big issue man. I'm like they have not done a great great job at all yeah and, and guideline is truth outside of a certain model they really they struggle when it comes to promoting people, the the people that become big, it's like by happenstance. I look at um, um, Anderson Silva, which, as I stated, mm -hmm. uh, is my favorite fighter and arguably the greatest of all time. Whether he was on drugs, now everybody was on uh, something, so mm -hmm. leave, leave Spider alone. All right, that that's <laughs> that's me and my defensiveness. Uh, I don't cut any slack to John Jones, but the Spider gets all love. 
Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, they had problems with promoting him, and it really wasn't until he found his foe in Tell Sonny that he rose to the level of stardom that he finally uh, obtained. Now, granted, in Brazil, he was killing it, but here in the U.S., not so much. Mm. You know, I look at Tyron Woodley. This man goes and speaks at schools. He does all kinds of things. He was named uh, among the 100 top uh, African Americans here in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a camera from the UFC, wow. you know, for this. But you know, so they they struggle when it comes to uh, to to fighters of color. They they struggle. Um, However, they put a lot behind Francis, and I'm glad to see that. I mean, like I said, he's been getting a really good and a big push. Uh, and going around to all of the different media events as of late, you can just feel things kind of growing and for him. And, you know, he's, he's definitely getting a buzz. And it doesn't hurt that the man, like I said, looks like a predator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... Um, and and just knocked his last opponent's head off his shoulders. I've never seen a a punch that devastating. Oh my goodness! Every time I see it at full speed, I shiver. I shiver. Oh man! And they they messed up recently. It was one of the um one of the promo videos for 220 they showed Overeem laid out on the canvas see we, we didn't see that when the fight happened dude's eyes were wide open wow, wow. lights were on but nobody was home and uh, for all the listening audience my uh, my foray or I should say my entry into the professional world was as a funeral director and I'm telling you the man looked like was dead. Dead. Yeah, yeah. It it, it wasn't nothing nice. Nothing nice. And he did that with his left hand. That wasn't even his power hand. That's what's scary. But man, you you ever been caught with a left? You ever been caught with a left before? (laughs) I've been caught with a left. And, and left ain't nothing to, I don't know, left ain't nothing to play with, man. I don't know, man. I think I think I think you put a lot of power in that left, man. Yeah, well when you catch someone with, with with your left, again, not your power hand, and you making the top of his head touch uh the base of his neck, that's a problem. That's a problem. Now, on the other end though, Stepe has knocked out in the first round, I wanna say his last three opponents. I know <laughs> I know he did that to um uh Verdun. That's how he got the belt. Verdun came running and, and then just fell in a heat getting punched. He knocked him out going backwards. Wow. Uh he knocked out um uh, what's his name? He knocked out yeah, in the first round. He knocked out JDS in mm-hmm. his last fight. He knocked out Overeem in the first round. When he was fighting at home in Cleveland with all the pressure on him. And that was his first title defense. So it's not like Stipe 
is you know some pushover and again when it comes to marketing it, it, some stuff just seems so easy and granted I've always had an eye for marketing you know but the, this is W uh, whoever the name of the people are on WMEING Endeavor who knows what that name is but you know they, they, they're known for marketing and doing things for you know Hollywood people and all of that good stuff but it just seems like such an easy easy job of marketing certain people for instance Stipe is a firefighter he's a firefighter he still goes to the firehouse whenever uh, when, whenever the schedule says that he's supposed to go that's what he does but he still fights mm-hmm. he is a living breathing American hero which is phenomenal because or let me not say because but it's phenomenal and it also kind of backs up some things that he was saying because at the uh, press conference a couple weeks back uh, the predator was like Stipe stop lying you know you're scared you know you're scared and I thought about this today as I was out and about this man for his living well, for his living, he fights. But for the the other profession that he's chosen, mm-hmm. he runs into burning buildings. He runs to danger. So if I'm running to danger on a daily basis, fighting someone who might knock me out when I've been knocked out before, and you know, it's just like you wake up and it's like, what happened? Is that really scary? Yeah, it's scary. Really when, when you're running into burning buildings every day at the drop of a dime it is is getting knocked out that scary no nah, I, mean, I don't know man i don't know. i mean that, that's just my thought i mean i again I, i've never been knocked out uh i've never run into a burning building either though <laughs> i mean you know i mean to be honest with you man there there is a fearless level to these uh, to these cats man and that and that guy takes it he, he takes it he, he wins <laughs> He's the yeah. winner. Yeah, oh, you, you're talking about uh, of of instilling fear. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I wouldn't want to. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to uh, upset him at all. And here, here's what's even worse, and it goes along with the cliches when it comes to who you don't want to mess with. He is the nicest, most soft-spoken, polite man you ever want to meet. And you don't want to mess those, with those are the ones you don't want to mess with the nice guys. Oh, so they nice for a reason. Here's the thing: like they got control issues. I mean, not issues. They they're they're good at controlling themselves. Mm-hmm. When they let go, they let go. You right. know what I mean? And, you know, they're like, "Yo, you you really want to do this?" They, they give you options if you want to do this or not. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I'm not messing with. I'm not messing. With, first off, I'm not messing with UFC fire. Period. I, unless I got the training, proper training. <laughs> I, I ain't scared. I ain't scared. I, hey, we can go. We can go. Just I just gotta make sure I'm strapped. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no, not scared. <laughs> no, no good violence. No good violence. <laughs> <laughs> you can come on with whatever you want. Come on. Oh, come no. on, Cletus. <laughs> We're not doing that today. We're not doing that today. All right. So, all right. So, everybody uh, that, that's, that's listening right now, again, we in the field. Um, 
UFC 220, man, uh, is going down. Um, it's going down. Uh, they got the prelims uh, starting on FS uh, FS1. Uh, the prelims are going to start. It's going to start at 8 p.m. Um, honestly, don't know any. I don't really have. I didn't really do any research on these guys. Uh, again, this is just this is a special. This is uh, more so for the voice than myself because I, you know, honestly, I like I like the main card. I thought the main card was just so entertaining. I just wanted to talk about it. But the main card starts at 10 p.m. So if you have pay per view, please check it out. And, and that, if you don't have pay-per-view, uh, the if you have the UFC app, within it, there is a feature uh, where you can find UFC bars, and it'll tell you locations in your area where you can watch the fight. I don't purchase, per se, pay-per-views. I go out and watch them. Mm-hmm. Uh, salute to Ball Park Village. As a matter of fact, I have to call them to uh, see about securing my space, but salute to Ballpark Village. Um, oh, that's a big spot, man. I, yes. I, you know, video that, okay, so I had to edit a video, everybody, from, from my brother right here, and I'm looking at it and I'm just so amazed how big the spot is, and I'm just like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah, well, just, just a little bit of history uh, about it. Ballpark Village is built on the site of the former Bush Stadium. The the Bush Stadium now is adjacent to where the the old one was. If you see any of the pictures, it's the round building with the little white window arches. Yeah, that's why you used to see it all lower. That was uh you couldn't see anything up there. But anyway, I digress. It's built on those grounds and it's really a companion to Bush Stadium. The screen is forty feet high. Um, it's a nice big open area it's a wonderful place to watch sporting events period because you feel like you're in there and you're just watching the jumbotron with everyone else you you got all of the interaction reaction with the people everyone's going ooh and ah and they're cheering for their people you're cheering for yours man they got all kind of stuff that goes on in there like for instance whenever the uh, ball game is playing you hear the same announcers that you would hear at the park whenever the uh, the hockey games are going they're piping in the organ player that's playing at the uh, at Scott trade uh, so you've got all those different things I got lights and uh, uh, smoke machines and all kind of stuff to really you know get you hyping and give you that big game feel and when there are baseball games there's a screen outside you can just sit out on the lawn and watch the uh the game out there so yeah it's it's really nice it's really nice i enjoy it nice nice man well i wish we had something like that here well we got the um we got the university club at fsu but you know they 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 say mainly save that for like uh out of town games and if we go to a championship game they have that or if we just have a game going on so the university club champion the champions club they have something they have something pretty like i don't know they have something going on i mean i gotta i gotta get tickets to go back to the champions club uh it was, it was just it was a nice experience when i went by the time wow but, uh, man you, you mind if i break some news real quick oh, break, you were break. talking about the uh 
the fights on the card and everything. Uh, yep. Looks like Tony Ferguson and Khabib Nurmagomedov has been officially announced for UFC 223. I believe that's gonna well, that's gonna take place in Brooklyn, and that should be in April, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, yeah, that, that's gonna be big. So they're starting training camp now, then, right? Oh yeah, you know what though, uh, Tony Ferguson. I follow him on Twitter. Salute to El Kakui. Um, mm-hmm. He showed himself signing off on some papers about a week or so ago. Uh, yeah. So yeah, they're fighting for the undisputed title, which means Conor McGregor has been stripped. That's right. You heard it here <laughs> first. Conor has been stripped. You probably didn't hear it here first. Cause this went out 10 hours ago I'm just late because I've been working But hey, mm. you, you heard it here first If you're hearing it here for the first time Conor McGregor's been stripped And Tony and Khabib Are going to fight for the undisputed title In Brooklyn New York It's a big Russian uh, Population there in New York And I feel like in the Brooklyn area I forget the name of it I know Khabib went to visit there During the first UFC car. They did some uh, some promotion there for the first time they fought at Madison Square Garden. So, yeah, this, this is going to be big for the UFC and for El Kakui as well as Khabib. Yeah. Hey, if you if you got that clap button, go ahead and clap for us, man. We need we need claps, guys. Yeah, we, we need need that shower of applause. <laughs> <laughs> man, again, the uh, two, uh, 223 man going down man yeah. you know, news man but you know it's all about Saturday night man so again yes, is. you avoided the question earlier we got I'm, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with my picks since okay. uh, since you don't want to pick yeah right. I, you know what I normally don't pick I just will say uh you know why I like certain fighters and honestly and this is going to fly in the face of convention. I really like the things that Stipe brings to the table because he is a uh, collegiate level wrestler. Yeah. And that's one part of Ngannou's game that we haven't really seen tested. People haven't really had a chance to go to the ground with them because they get knocked out too quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember the last person who tried to take him to the ground. I forget their name. But they tried to take him to the ground, and he caught them in a uh, uh, in a kimura. He turned them over, flipped them over in a kimura, and tapped them out that way. So um, it's not like he's devoid of grappling skills, but you're talking about uh, high-level wrestling in Stipe. And I see that as being the way that he wins the fight. Uh, if he can wrestle them and get them down to the ground and drag him into some deep water. Stipe has fought five rounds in the past. Five round wars with um, with high level people. Five rounds with Mark Hunt. Five rounds with JDS. He lost that fight, but I really believe he won it. Either way it goes, Stipe knows how to go five rounds. We haven't seen Francis go two rounds, much less three. So his path to victory would be to drag him into deep water and see what his cardio is like and Francis if he puts his pinky finger on you you're going to sleep it's, it's night night um, 
I, I've already said it. I, I, I got uh, if Daniel Cormier loses, it will be devastating for him and his legacy. He, oh, he can't crying. lose. He crying again. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. He, he gonna cry. He, he's definitely gonna cry. He it probably make he'll make it to the locker room this time unless he's concussed like he was last time. Then he'll probably cry in the uh, in the cage. I think they let him go back to the locker room this time. I don't think they stop him and make him stay in like they did last time. And if Vulcan wins, that's how it gets it done. Yeah, uh, no time will have to take DC out of time to win that fight. Yeah, but I'm you know because because he's my favorite fighter, I'm gonna go DC this time. I'm, I'm gonna go DC, even though like no time. I'm you know no time like his, his like his name is just awesome, but. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna go DC, and then and then my upset, my upset is definitely gonna be uh, Prince uh, Francis, Francis taking now uh, Stepe. Stepe, that wouldn't be an upset though. Uh, Francis is favored two to one to win the fight. Oh, he is. Yep. Oh shoot, man, I'm going Stepe on the upset then. <laughs> I have to go. With, I, gotta, I gotta go with the upset. So, so gotta go with the underdog. Yeah. Go with the upset. Yes, I have to go with the underdog. So I'm going Stepe in this one then. Yeah, the the rest of the main card doesn't even really, um, it, it it doesn't it's not worth talking about outside of an outfit and give the voice matchup. Burgo, Burgos. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Calvin Qatar and Shane Burgos. Yay, yeah. hundred forty five pound fight. Uh, and they're trying to get Shane Burgos some love. That's why they got him on this fight and and the place that he is, but. Yeah, I mean it's okay. This could that fight couldn't even headline a FS1 fight card. You know, Gian Vellante, Francis, uh, Francis Mar, uh, Bahos, Vellante. You know, what I mean, but again, another fight is like okay, that's great. Two hundred five. Now the voices marquee matchup for the main card because I always go with something that's not. Uh, I, I try not to pick the main attraction as the as my uh marquee matchup and it's gonna mm-hmm. be the curtain jerker thomas almeida and rob font rob font is on a roll uh this is in 135 pound division he has been winning his fights very convincingly over the past couple of years and thomas almeida was on the fast track for ufc gold he fought cody no love uh, about a year or so ago in Vegas and Cody went to fight for the belt after beating Thomas Almeida. They were both undefeated in the UFC. I think Almeida was undefeated altogether. Uh, so this is, that's, that's my marquee matchup right there for the main card. Okay, well we got Rob, Rob sitting there at 14-3 and he got uh, Thomas sitting there at 22-2, uh, and two, man. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. That, that's what I said. That, that's my marquee matchup. They're both uh, on a roll. Both high level fighters. Both fighters who have a future at the 135 pound division. And and here's the thing, mm-hmm. they've got a future, but they haven't been getting any shine as of late. The talk has been all about Lineker and Rivera and Cruz and Dillashaw. And who else was, has been in there? It was uh, uh, Marlon Marais. You know, so yeah, 135 is really stacking up with some killers. But 
Font and Almeida are sitting right outside of them, and a really good performance can put them in the mix uh, with a discussion about uh, being a higher level contender. Hmm. Hmm. Man, uh, this is big, man. This is definitely big. Well, hey guys, thank you for tuning in tonight, man. I want to give a special shout out to the voice. Thank you for uh just just thank you for you know helping me out tonight man this is, uh, means a lot man you know that uh, i'm trying to get back into my mma uh scene man because i because you know when football season come around i'm straight football so i don't know what's going on in, on the mma side but i am glad that i have the voice here if you got the applaud button please hit that thing right now oh man um well, I, I thank you, and I, I'm just grateful to Trackstar Sports for the opportunity to share about my favorite sport, you know, which is MMA. I trained uh, martial arts as a kid growing up, and we were MMA before there was such a thing. We trained everything, Filipino fight style, um, wow. uh, wrestling, judo, uh, you name it. We were training it, uh, boxing. We did it all. So we were MMA before MMA. So I love uh, the sport because of my history and, and growing up and doing things. And I'm just grateful for the opportunity to be able to talk about it, man. Uh, I really am. Definitely, definitely, man. Praise God. Praise God. Hey, I'm um, sorry. You said praise God. If I can say one well, two final things real quick. God. Voices marquee matchup for the undercard is going to be Dustin Ortiz and Alexandra Pantoja. Pantoja is an LFA uh, former champion. Uh, Dustin the Diamond Ortiz is a grizzled UFC vet. That's going to be a good fight. Speaking about Jesus, so you know I went to UFC uh, fight night 124 here in yeah. St. Louis. My hometown. Uh, oh, it, it, was, it was absolutely fantastic. If you really, really want to know everybody how it was follow us on instagram and facebook i went live on facebook for the main and co-main event and i'll be doing that again for ufc 220 and the uh three fight cards leading up to it i'll be posting uh by round on instagram so you want to make sure you're following us on both of those social media outlets but it was great man the the crowd I was so proud of St. Louis. I was so proud of St. Louis because we are the show me state. And mm -hmm. generally, you got to show me before we'll get behind. I guess all the years the UFC doing things showed enough. And all mm -hmm. the years of Strike Force and Bellator coming to town made us hungry for this event. It was cold outside. Like, for instance, my kids didn't. <laughs> cold over here in Florida. Dude, oh, no, I'm talking about, like, cold for real. Like, I mean, it's cold in Florida, but I don't think you all have snow and ice and stuff going on. No, no. Yeah, no. so... Yeah, that last one. <laughs> yeah, it was so cold that my kids didn't go to school earlier this week. Not because of snow, but because it was cold. When I was taking them to the daycare instead of going to school, yeah, my truck mm. said it was one degree outside. Wow. Yeah, so it, it's, it, it's, it was cold and that concerned me. I was like, ooh, it is really, really cold and it dropped so quick. It was like, it went from 60 degrees to 17 degrees 
in 24 hours. And that was when the fighters were already here. So I was like, man, as cold as it is, I don't know if St. Louis is going to come out. And the fights fell out. I was like, oh, Vitor's not fighting. Oh, Zach Cummins, who's from Kansas City, is not fighting. Oh, man, this, that, that's, this is not good. Dana said that the ticket sales went up after those fighters fell out. And yeah, St. Louis has really, really showed out. So I'm so proud of St. Louis for doing that. Dana said that next time they come back, it's going to be a pay-per-view. More than likely, it's going to be this year. And if it's Tyron Woodley, you think St. Louis showed up this time? Man, man, we we show out when we have champions that are fighting. I can tell you about a number of core space fights that I've been to. Shout out to Tyron Woodley, man, because he, he is so outspoken, and I love it so much. He's the most outspoken black athlete in the UFC. So shout out to you, dog. Yeah, yeah, salute to Tyron Woodley. He really uh, took on the mantle of standing up after um, Muhammad Ali died. He, he just said he felt compelled to kind of carry that torch of the the athlete who speaks up for social injustice and speaks up for what's right. So yeah, salute to that man. Salute to that man. Mm -hmm. But you said something, well, the one thing that I really wanted to speak about, and I'm going to start a new, um, a new section of the MMA main card called The Heartbeat, because we see athletes and we see sporting events, Mm -hmm. but we forget that these are people and that yeah. their lives are being impacted by the things that we're seeing especially in contact sports so things like football things like mma uh things like boxing and and hockey their lives are really being impacted and i remember seeing jeremy stevens at the after party and i joked with him uh, he had his pant leg rolled up and I was like is that the new style or is that due to the leg kicks because you know if you saw the fight Duho Choi was kicking the mess out of his leg and it was he kicked it so much so that the man had to roll his pants leg up just to get some relief wow but not, not only that the, the part that really stood out to me at least uh, that I would take away from this and cherish more than anything else was that I got an opportunity to meet Tim Elliott. Now, if you don't know who Tim Elliott is, he is a UFC fighter who fights in the um, flyweight division. He fought against Demetrius Johnson. He won uh, the Ultimate Fighter uh, Champions League where they had all these 125-pound champions fight each other, and then uh, whoever won got to fight Demetrius Johnson. Went the distance with DJ. I almost choked him out in the first round. He's come the closest to finishing DJ uh, of anyone that I've seen. But he was greatly impacted by the loss of Robert Follis, uh, who uh, was a famed coach in MMA, took his life at the end of last year. He admittedly um, was drinking heavily. He fought on the UFC card at the end of the year uh, on December 30th. He said the week he got there, he was there by himself. And pretty much drank himself into a stupor until his team got there. James Krause uh, 
who was on the card in St. Louis. That's his main coach. And that was the reason why he was, uh, Elliot was here in St. Louis too, backing up his people. But until they came in town, you know, he was just getting drunk all the time. And he had a fight that week. He had a fight that weekend. He was getting drunk all for, for like two days straight until they came in town. was like, dude, you can't do this. He, you know, uh, pulled himself together. He fought the fight in memory of his fallen coach. He said he didn't want to waste the time that they had put in together. And that's the reason why he took the fight. He did so. He won. Uh, He said, this is for you, coach. And he got out of there because just emotionally, it's been a really, really rough time for him. Got a chance to meet him. You know, I shared with him how, how heroic his last victory was and that I was praying for him. So just just remember, everyone, that these are people. These are people with lives, lives that are being impacted. Uh, just like uh, Jesse Rose Clark was impacted in the fight here in St. Louis. Somebody uh, broke in while she was here, stole all her stuff, about $30,000 worth of stuff, uh, kicked her cat, and the cat has to be put down due to internal injuries. But you're fighting for my pleasure. You're fighting so that... I can have something to go out and do on a Sunday night. You know, so just just remember that whatever sport that it is that we're watching, that these are people with real lives and heartbeats. Yeah, man. Definitely, definitely, man. Um, yo, uh, straight up, man. Uh you know, this is why we do what we do, man. We want we wanna keep y'all aware, man. Like uh we wanna make sure that people know that we're also we also try to give a message out there as well you know that at the end of the day man no matter how broken you are no matter how 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 damaged you think you are maybe physically mentally whatever you know god is still in your corner god still god still wants you in his family right uh, um you know it's always i mean we always do this thing called come to jesus moments but when we're actually when it's actually time to come to jesus you know it's it's a struggle, mm-hmm. but I believe in my heart, and I do do so believe that uh that that uh that Olu believes that that you know you can come to Christ, and, and this is this this is just fact, man. We're, we're talking facts right here, right. man. We're not just truth, but we're talking facts here. Yeah, there, there's nothing too uh too low or too bad that you've done that will keep you away from the love of Christ you know he came and died for you died for all of everything to have the opportunity for you to come to him so yeah there's nothing too bad he loves you and he desires to have a relationship with you he does he does praise God praise God man um man I don't think we can end on anything better than that (laughs) <laughs> right man uh look y'all um again thank y'all for tuning in man uh again another shout out first of all shout out to god man um he he puts this on our hearts so we can you know give you some good content some godly content but at the same time knowledgeable and quality um so shout out to him shout out to the lord uh shout out to um the track stars team man yes sir for giving us this, this platform and, and you know putting us on man right 
Shout out to the voice, man. Continue to check out him. Keep keep up with us on Instagram, like he just said. Keep up with him on Instagram. Uh, so uh, all Saturday, he's gonna go ahead and give you the full coverage of it. Um, uh, check out verse of the day. Um, yes, I'll be posting that up. Uh, and then coming soon, there's gonna be skits. So hopefully, we got some. Hopefully, we got some stuff out there for you. Make sure you follow us on uh, on, on Instagram. Make sure you follow us. Uh, on um, Facebook, also, Facebook yeah, like Twitter. On Facebook, yeah, Twitter. share some of our stuff, man. If you if you can share anything, share 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 everything that we got out there, man. So people can people can see that you know we out here, you know. Yeah, we're making movies. We in we're the making field. Movies. The field. Also, shout out to Tay, man. Tay, I love you, bro. <laughs> I love you, bro. <laughs> we'll be back next week, man. This your boy Conrad. And your man, the voice. We are out.